Welcome to the Old Galway Diary Podcast. Each week, Tom Kenny and I, Ronnie O'Gorman, write a column in the Galway Advertiser. Before it goes to press, we contact each other and share what is filling the page that particular week. This podcast is that conversation. And I would add, we enjoy talking to you and would appreciate if you would give us a rate and review on the Apple Podcast app. Morning, Tom. Hello, Ben. How are you? It's a beautiful morning here in Barna. Yeah. It's a crisp, clean, wintry morning. Uh, Good, healthy, cold air out there, you know, but... uh, it looks like being a very nice day. Yeah, we've made it through Blue Monday. I don't know if you know that the second Monday in January is known as Blue Monday, which is apparently the most depressing day of the year. Yeah, I know. I'd love to know who said that first, you know. Uh, <laughs> a marketing <laughs> company, I imagine. An absolute load of rubbish. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. These are all tricks for marketing and selling goods. Yeah, uh, yeah, you want to feel sorry for people, you know, in the retail business on Blue Monday. So go out and buy something. <laughs> exactly. It make yeah. their day a little bit, you know. Yeah. This week, I'm writing about an Italian who revolutionized public transport in Ireland in the 19th century. Okay. Charles Bianconi was his name, or Bianconi. They pronounced it differently in different parts of the country. And he is really generally regarded as the man who put Ireland on wheels. He developed a system, a network of horse-drawn carriages between towns and villages that became Ireland's first integrated transport system, using the existing mail roads and coach roads, of which there weren't very many, remember, at the time, no, in the early 19th century. And at the time, there was a general tax on coaches, uh, which meant that a lot of the middle classes couldn't use their own coaches. Uh, And also, it was a relatively peaceful period in terms of war, etc., after the Battle of Waterloo, which meant that a huge number of horses that had been bred for the army came cheaply out onto the marketplace and were available to buy. So his system offered connections with various termini in different places. His prices were always cheap or reasonable, and so he was very well patronized. In spite of the fact that uh, there could be great discomfort felt by passengers, uh, obviously, uh, the roads weren't particularly flat and even, uh, very bumpy, I'm sure lots of potholes, etc. Uh, <clears throat> so there would have been a lot of been bumped around the place. And often, <clears throat> if uh, one of the coaches was going up a hill, passengers, some of them would have to alight and to make the load lighter for the horses. Weather was, of course, a huge factor in uh, the journey. There's a wonderful story of a young Prussian historian on one of these trips. He was the only one on board who had an umbrella. And I quote, 
The two young girls crouched down at our feet while the other four moved their faces so close to the shaft of the umbrella that their noses were almost touching. (laughs) The old woman rested her head on my right shoulder while the gentleman on my right rested his head on my left shoulder. Through this ordeal by water, we had, within a short time, become friends and acquaintances, and I received much praise for my considerations and humanity. So, yes, you became friends, obviously, with people that you were so closely uh, tucked together on, because it was all out in the open. There were no covers on these coaches at all. Yeah. And Galway was a hub for Bianconi. The mail coach, which he got the um, the contract for very early on, it arrived regularly from Dublin. Uh, but there were connections to local towns all around, Castlebar, Toom, Gort, and further afield, obviously. I mean, when I say Gort, that would mean Limerick down to Cork, etc., it was a countrywide system that he used. The uh, <clears throat> the Galway Clifton service started in 1837 with one car going each way each day, every day. The car would leave Galway at 9 o'clock in the morning and arrived in Clifton at 7 p.m. The fare was 7 and 6. Now, that seems like a lot of money to me, but... Uh, on the other hand, it took you 49 miles and in double quick time compared to any other system. There was no other, unless you had your own horse and rode all the way. Uh, and so um, it was, It was. It, in fact, the Galway Clifton service was the very last Bianconi service to continue running. Uh, it was still in operation when the Galway Clifton Railway opened in 1895. And um, but within a couple of weeks of that, it had ceased. The the railway took over completely, uh, and so ended a major transport system that had operated over most of the country for almost eighty years. Uh, Bianconi he very celebrated, particularly <clears throat> in Munster. He started in the Tipperary area. He was based in Clonmel. But as I say, he pretty much revolutionized public transport. So I have a photograph uh, this week. It's a wonderful photograph. It's of the northwest section of Air Square, where the Imperial Hotel is and Supermax is today. Uh, But in the 1850s, uh, the people who occupied that side of the square were, and it's worth reading about, Walter Burke, John Harrison, John Wade, Robert Black, Charles Bianconi, Charles Bianconi, John Kilroy, Thomas Stokes, and Charles Bianconi. In other words, three of the buildings uh, on that side of the square were occupied at the time by Bianconi. I'm not quite sure whether it was on a lease or rental or whether he had bought them, and I'm not even quite sure which buildings he occupied. But three of them would mean that he had a substantial operation in Galway at the time. The photograph was taken uh, in the roughly 1865-1870. So it's about 150 years old. Uh, It's at least 150 years old. Um, We can't see the name Bianconi on any 
building. Uh, but there are two coaches there, and they're two quite different Bianconi coaches. One would take about 12 passengers, and the other was a long affair, and it could carry about 20 people. Uh, and in the background, we can see buildings. They were occupied by WNA Gilby. They were drinks distributors. They later moved around the corner to uh, William Street. And next door to them was Webb's Hotel. This was built in 1810. It was originally known as the Clanrickard Arms. <clears throat> the name was later changed to Kilroy's Hotel, then Murphy's, until it had been taken over by Joe Delaney, and he changed the name to the Imperial Hotel. And it has been known as that ever since. It's probably the oldest hotel in Galway, I will say, uh, 1810. I can't think of any hotels in the city that go further back than that. Yeah. To the right of the um, of Webb's Hotel, as we look at the photograph, was Black's Royal Hotel. Uh, it was quite a large affair, and it had, uh, on the ground floor, it had uh, Holland's Outfitting Establishment, and there was also um, a saddlery that was owned by Blacks as well, which obviously was a vital kind of a business to have in uh, anywhere in the 19th century. There was an arch in the middle of the building, a, quite a big arch, and it led all the way down to Eglinton Street. It was a right-of-way. Uh, Eglinton Street was quite newly built at the time, and uh, this, anyway, this... Hotel eventually changed name, became known as Max Hotel, and eventually she sold us. It sold was sold to J T Costello, and he in turn sold it in 1952, and it was demolished, and uh, <clears throat> then it was completely rebuilt as Woolworths, which injected a whole different oh, yeah. new energy into Galway, and beside that was Lenehan's. They were a very famous tea, wine, and spirit merchants. They had a very high-class grocery. Uh, they opened 160 years ago. And uh, they imported a lot of exotic foods, and uh, <clears throat> they had various important hospital contracts and other contracts in Galway. And <clears throat> it was like that for a very long time until the early 60s, I would say, possibly a little earlier, when they converted it into a pub and a restaurant and it became known as the Tavern. And the Tavern was very much the in-place in Galway for quite a number of years. So that is my photograph this week. It's of the northwestern section of Air Square with a couple of Bianconi uh, coaches in the foreground. And, uh he is a man who made a very serious impact on the country, and uh, he became very wealthy as a result, as you can imagine. Yeah, I bet, yeah. But it was very reasonably priced transport and very effective yeah. as well. So on the Clifton route that they would usually stop in Uterart, he he developed a series of inns around the country as well. These would have been pit stops on longer journeys. So he was making money in all kinds of ways on, on, through this transport system. Yeah. God, he certainly did. Yeah, he saw the yeah. animals, didn't he? Oh, 
Absolutely, and took advantage of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Great. So that is Old Galway for this week. Great. Well, Tom, I'll just say one thing. We have we got an email in from Vicky Carroll, who emailed in to say how much she enjoyed the book that you and Ronnie put together last Christmas and how much she likes listening to the podcast. And just reminded me to let people know that we do have an email address, which is oldgalwaydiary at advertiser.ie. If anyone has any messages for Ronnie or Tom or any questions, hopefully we can answer them. And um, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because... Yeah, absolutely. Contact us. Great. Okay, yeah. well, we leave it there. So until next week, Ben. So okay, speak. Yeah, to yeah. Tom. Enjoy the week. Yeah. God bless. God bless. Thank you.